Dear listeners, we received your pigeon with a note that said, Vigyan Ashram, Maharashtra. everyone this is asif and you're listening to hello educator in 1983 with a quest of uh, solving the problems in education system scientist turned educationalist late dr ss kalbag started an institution called vigyan ashram in pabal uh, maharashtra today on the show we have uh, dr yogesh kulkarni who's the current uh, director of vigyan ashram So without further ado let's jump ahead to the interview. Hello Yogesh welcome to the show. Yeah namaskar. For a person who doesn't know what Vigyan Ashram is all about how would you explain about your institution? Uh Vigyan Ashram is a institute it is based in a village pabal which is 70 km from Pune. We train our students while learning while doing mythology. So there is no classroom in Vigyan Ashram. and uh, so where like students can uh, study and they can basically take notes and uh, learn but uh, they work on various projects they get involved into various tasks various socially useful work and they learn from the real life example so what is the typical age group of students that come to vigyan ashram how is it like normally it's from 14 to 20 years of age we also get a lot of youth but our entry criteria is basically any student after 8th class can join vigyan ashram okay so they should have a, a any specific percentage of marks to get into vigyan ashram no 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 it's only basically the first come first basis we call vigyan ashram as a laboratory of education and we do various experiment we education and in the lab you cannot take the sample so we want all kind of students to vigyan ashram so it's a first come first basis anyone i say like anybody basically a mm-hmm. physically able person even like we also have a basically lot of physically uh, challenged people students also coming to vigyan ashram those with the basically uh, want to willing to work by hand they are welcome to vigyan ashram so there is no uh, percentage marks and uh, academic qualification is required so at present vigyan ashram we speak more than nine languages oh nice <laughs> uh, so i have a students from tamil nadu from uh, Bhutan from uh, North India from Bihar from Uttar Pradesh mm-hmm. Gujarat Karnataka mm-hmm. so from different state i got the students okay okay so do you right. have a common language of uh, communication or like how is it yeah it's a work is the language oh fantastic and, uh, then basically it's a uh, so you communicate you make something and while doing it you communicate like uh, we use english we use hindi our powerpoints and uh, everything is in english we use hindi communicate uh, and uh, the people manage so hindi english mix it was uh, tell us about the uh, t- teaching methodologies that you use in uh, vigyan ashram because you say that you know it's just a first come first serve basis institution where even the dropouts can come and join so do you have any yeah. speci- specific curriculum or do you have any uh, interesting teaching methodologies that you use in uh, vigyan ashram we say nature is a syllabus for convenience we divided the nature into two parts one is living another is not living interesting the living thing again we divided into two parts 
one is agriculture and husbandry and another is environmental under non living side mm-hmm. we made two sub group engineering and energy environment the students spends work in each of these department they spend time in each of these department okay. so nature is our syllabus we undertake various projects in all these sections where student comes to us we make divide them into a group okay and this is to ensure like they have a peer to peer learning so students depending upon their abilities we see that like the we have a heterogeneous group okay the student somebody who is good in documentation somebody mm-hmm. who is good in hand um, uh, somebody who can basically uh, communicate well so we make a mix of this group okay and this group is given a various project in that that area agriculture engineering energy food processing and all these uh, uh, they work they do this section they are the real life example okay so okay. we call as a work center education if you take a example like students are like let's say they doing agriculture taking one crop so while taking one crop they will learn about soil they will learn about water mm-hmm. they will learn about the agriculture pattern they will do all the agriculture task the weeding pest control whatever is there mm-hmm. they will post the query on to the internet get the solution from the internet from the expert they will learn about photosynthesis how the growth of the plant they will learn they will learn about composting giving different kind of fertilizer mm-hmm. and at the end they will take the produce mm-hmm. and go to the market and sell it oh okay and after doing all these things they will do a costing they will analyze okay how much much little of water we put into it so like if you want to take a one cup like a 1 kg of tomato mm-hmm. you spend this much of water and you got this much of output much of money you got so then that their report conclusion they will have mm-hmm. as their so this mm-hmm. is our methodology for example we want to teach about agriculture or now not many student like those who came from other state began mm-hmm. ashram they normally ask me uh, uh, sir this particular crop is not taken in our area Okay. Why should we learn this? So we tell them, oh, it's okay. Like you are from the rice rice growing area, and we are from the uh, like Chapar and Atak growing area. But it doesn't matter. We are teaching you the process of agriculture, how to go to the internet, how to collect information. So we are trying to give that kind of vision. So you are learn. You you classify uh, all these things into projects and then give give to the students, or uh, the students themselves come up with. Uh, a set of uh, projects to work on uh, how does that uh, work uh, we not call as a project we call it as a productive task okay it is a socially useful productive work see basically what has a various advantage education when you when i say work you will recall like a, a child labor drudgery exploitation all this kind of thing but normally the work is real life work where somebody is need a service somebody mm-hmm. is a service normally work integrate the different peripheral areas and work is very contextual it is very close to you so it's localized and so what we do basically we we give them a various type of work task but work which we do is not any kind of work once you did that mm-hmm. as a carpentry activity you will not do it again in the course oh it's only okay. one time okay okay you do electrical work it's only one time when you do the repetitive work then you master the skill and then you call it as exploration you call it as a work for a repetition here we are using work as a medium of education we only talk when its educational purpose is served so uh, like agriculture uh, can you give another uh, example we have 
constructed a, a social space in Vikina. Like uh, we don't have a place on our campus. So it was given as a project to students. Then first of all, like there were 28 students. We divided them into a different group. We asked them to go on to the internet, find out what kind of social space are there, what kind of gardens are there. On. Then we asked them to make a plan. Then the students basically, they were divided into a groups like a shelter, then somebody will make a garden, mm-hmm. somebody will make a furniture, the game, okay. a toilet and a, a lighting. We made different groups. There is a group for making sculptures, the garden in the social space. And then the work actually started. So then they did a project planning, uh, the critical path method. Okay. So they decided like how much time they will need for finishing that task. And then we also put them a budget saying, okay, they must use the local material mm-hmm. is available around the, in the surrounding. And the overall budget we put to the 5,000 rupees as a budget for okay. making the garden. So then when we put a 5,000 rupees budget and then like everybody was like concerned about the plot uh, out things. Okay. For example, for decoration of the garden path, they decided, they just located different color of soils are available in our village. They found, okay, we have some red soil over here, we can bring that and we can use it for decorating the path. So like this different alternative thing. And then the student, the actual work starts. Planning process which went on for every morning for two hours, they were different. Okay. We make different drawings, uh, budget and estimates. Uh, even I asked them to make a Google SketchUp drawing mm-hmm. on the computers, mm-hmm. which is like it was. Okay. And then the work started. And then the continuously for five days, everybody was working on the And in five days, our garden was, okay. and which was like, it was in the budget, like 8,000 rupees in Spain. They learn about material selection, then the pump properties of the bamboo, computers, okay. sketchup. They need to decide about the plan to be used basically in the in the social space. Okay. Because it needs less amount of water, the uh, the spray kettle should not come and eat the uh, eat trees in the social space because it's open space. So they need to select the trees carefully. Uh, put the soil. They also find out like colors of soil available in the our village. So all these things basically lead to learn. So though it was a work, it was also a basically along with the work, they are learning different things. There is a concept that Vigyan Ashram runs around the concept of rural development through education system, right? Can you elaborate something on that? Our rural areas, mm-hmm. uh, they are underdeveloped. And to develop this, uh, our villages, we need to use technology. Continue with the fuller card pace for the development. Because it's already more than 70 years of independence. So we need to use technology to increase the pace of our development. So technology is very important. Only developing technology is also not sufficient. Because many R&D institutes are developing technology. Right. We must take this technology to the market. And for taking this technology to the market, we need to educate them. Correct. But only education is also not sufficient. Because if we educate our people, there must be some service provider who will provide them services. We okay. need an entrepreneurs in the village. Correct. So if you have this kind of technology-based entrepreneurs providing services to the, the villages, then we can have a rural development. So uh, at Vigyan Ashram, you also adopt the, uh, I mean, we, we of course discussed on uh, the different types of uh, work that they do and learn from that. Are there any specific hands-on teaching methods that you use? Maybe a teaching aid or something like that. We use all kind of tools, uh, teaching, like we use the traditional tool as well as we use the modern uh, 
learn uh, tools like 3D printers and laser cutters. We use sensors and electronics. Mm-hmm. As we do, if you do something by your hand, you get that kind of joy, you get a satisfaction. And that is very, very important. So we always try to give that message, like if you do some task, uh, that kind of the enjoyment, that kind of satisfaction you get uh, is very much, uh, very much important. Uh, and uh, when you reflect on your experience, then you try to, you, you start getting the, the principles behind it, the logic behind it, basically different laws of nature behind the, the task you have done. And I think that is education. There was a collaboration between Vigyan Ashram and Massachusetts Institute of Technology. MIT had uh, uh, collaborated with you in setting up uh, Fab Lab Zero. So, for someone who does not know what is uh, Fab Lab or Fab Lab Zero for that matter, can you give a flow of what it is uh, all about and uh, how it has uh, significantly impacted uh, Vigyan Ashram? Dr. Neil Gleshenfeld at MIT, USA, he is basically, he was, he is running a class called as How to Make Almost Anything. And I remember in 2002, he was on his visit to India. And somebody told him like, there are a group of people in this small village who also do almost everything basically with their own. Like uh, we constructed our houses, ourselves, all the campus of Vigyanashram is constructed by my students as a part of their learning. So somebody told Dr. Neil about Vigyan Ashram and uh, he came to Vigyan Ashram for a visit and Dr. Kalbag had a long discussion and I remember Dr. Neil was asking him like why don't you, you suggest us some of the, the projects or the problems you have, our students at MIT can take it up as their projects and we send him a long list of problems to MIT. And then we realize this, it's very difficult for us to explain the problem to the students at MIT because the context was very different. We were not able to uh, explain them the problem. And they were also not able to understand the, the problem we are facing in the small rural village. Then the discussion between Dr. Kalbag and Dr. Neil, it comes to a stage when Dr. Kalbag asked him, why don't you give us a machine which you will use to solve this problem? Because we know the problem, we also have an idea of tentative solution, but we don't know how to do it. So if you can give that machine to us, we will be able to find out our own solution. And then Dr. Neil started sending machine one by one to Vigyan Ashram. And that started afterwards calling as a Fab Lab. So therefore Vigyan Ashram is called as a Fab Lab Zero. And now there are more than 1200 labs mm-hmm. around the globe. And Vigyan Ashram is a Fab Lab Zero. So, uh, Vigyan Ashram has paved the way to uh, set up laboratories in different parts of the world, which is uh, fantastic to hear that, you know, something has evolved uh, through a institution in India. Yeah. So, Fab Lab is a basically a set of tools using which you can make almost anything. So, you can draw something on the computer screen and you can make it. So, it comprises of a laser cutter machine, 3D printers, uh, then the router for making small PCP, uh, vinyl cutter lot of electronics and sensor stuff so all these are the machines they put together and using which you can uh, prototype almost anything yeah so that is called as a partner when was uh, Vigyan Ashram uh, set up and how did this uh, entire thing evolve see Vigyan Ashram was established in 1983 and it was started by Dr. Kalbag who was with Hindu Sandeeper uh, as a 
head of the engineering science division and he took early retirement uh, to start began ashram and uh, to work on the problem of the school dropouts and uh, his hypothesis was what was dropout in their real life they are successful people they become businessman they become technician they become motor mechanic in fact if you look around you will find most of our working people those who are working by hand they are uh, school dropouts they are not going to any a technical institute or vocational education institute to get their training they all learn by learning while doing so uh, she was wondering ki why how these people are learning and uh, so he wanted to explain with that and therefore dropouts are mainly uh, from rural areas and so he selected uh, he was originally from mumbai but then he selected this small village pabal to start began ashram pabal is a drought prone area it is away from the city it's not very near to the city and we almost have all the problem you can name in the villages that available over here dr kalbag wanted to work in a village where which will be a representative representative indian village so like any other 600000 villages in the country babar is one of the village so if we can do something in vikan ashram in babar village it can be taken to the any part of the country right. so that was the whole logic behind static vikan right right and uh, we started as a laboratory of education and when it is a laboratory you start working with the weakest link uh, you explain with the weakest link in the lab and in education the weakest link is the school dropout and therefore initially we started taking school dropouts the slowly the this methodology of learning while doing got uh, evolved and now began ashram got the school dropouts the rural youth we also get the engineers we get the graduates postgraduate student at different level we have a program now we have a program which is in the formal school from 8 to 10 standard from 6 to 8 standard undergraduate and postgraduate so now vikan ashram uh, has a program in each of these areas aplab is the one of the important kind of section in this all this development and uh, aplab at vikan ashram is uh, operational since 2002 so for this year now we got a students from bangladesh and bhutan also uh, from other country Okay. Vigyanashram. Vigyanashram itself is, uh, you know, uh, sounds like an offbeat uh, institution. Do you have the support of the government to uh, do uh, all such things? Because Vigyanashram does not follow a conventional educational setup or a curriculum or anything like that. It's completely different. So, does the government support this? Yeah, the government support is there uh, since beginning actually. The place where Vigyanashram is located. this place is given to us by the government the program we explained in vigyan ashram we wanted to implement in the school so government has given us a permission to implement this program in the uh, three schools mm-hmm. in 87 only from three schools they gave us a permission to implement in 15 schools okay then uh, the government of maharashtra has evaluated the program and they accepted it as a subject okay. today now the began ashram this program this philosophy which we run into the secondary school the program is called as introduction to basic technology this program is become a part of the core curriculum under national skill qualification program and now government of maharashtra is implementing it in 300 schools so yes on one hand the government of maharashtra is supporting us government is supporting us in terms of giving recognition evaluating the program accepting it at vikyanashram all our team members they are a part of the different committees of the government who formulate the syllabus 
we also for doing various technological projects get a support from department of science and technology government of india so they also support us in doing the project uh, for the fifth level program for the undergraduate and postgraduate we have a design innovation center which is supported by ministry of human resource development and uh, savitri bai phule pune university so they are also supportive only our then basically we need to do more so though they are supporting us like we are only in secondary school secondary school government of maharashtra is doing right we got other schools in maharashtra there are 200000 schools in schools in the country so considering the scale of the problem our efforts are small and that brings us to the end of part 1 of this interview hello educator is an initiative by mango education you can listen to all our episodes at soundcloud.com/helloeducator or the mango.co/helloeducator feel free to send in your comments and feedback over reddit or soundcloud thanks for listening we'll catch you all in the next episode take care bye bye